I think startups are a discovery problem uh, and uh, that discovery requires a combination of luck and persistence and money cannot buy either of them. So welcome to Outliers. This is uh, a podcast with Outliers that I, like, like I keep talking about. And uh, <clears throat> I'm very excited to sit down with today's Outlier. Uh, you know, we started uh, this uh, series of conversations with uh, bootstrapped entrepreneurs. And uh, I've always been fascinated by the stories of entrepreneurs who, who don't take funding and choose to take the you know, longer, uh, more painful, at least from outside path to in, you know, in building their companies. And uh, we had a great conversation with Sridhar uh, Venbu a few weeks ago. We caught up with Pallav Nadani of Fusion Charts as well. And uh, today we have uh, Paras, founder of, co-founder of Wingify. And someone uh, I have really, uh, you know, admired over past two, three years that I have known you, Paras. Uh, and... Uh, I think the first conversation we had, we were discussing Paul Graham and you were talking how his essays in, inspired you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the Outliers, Paris. Thanks, Pankaj. I'm so excited to be here. And thanks for visiting the office. I had no choice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> after, after two failed attempts <laughs> to record this online. Uh, and uh, we will get better on that. <laughs> um, so let's start this, uh, Paras. I mean, just to kick this conversation, uh, how did it all start? I mean, where do you come from? Who are you? Mm-hmm. So um, it's 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 interesting that uh, it all sort of started with my father getting home a computer. So uh, when I was, I think, eleven, he got a computer, and uh, I had two choices: whether to go and play games or whether to do something else uh, but lucky for me he downloaded uh, I think Visual Basic 6.0 and that sort of got got hooked to me and that became my sort of choice of game so I started making lots of softwares uh, small little I started with a simple calculator software and uh, graduated to making more and more software so I was making so much because it makes it so easy to use and I think that's one of the great benefits of making tools that are simple and easy that uh, it it just lets you drag and drop a few buttons and here you go you know they convert into a complete executable that you can send to others so that feeling that I was creating something that was new for me and at that point of time uh, uh, like I said I started creating lots of software so that point of time Again, my father introduced me to this concept called startup. He just said that, why don't you put them up online and call it your startup? And he also helped me name it called Naram Cheese, which is Naram means soft cheese, as in not that cheese, but cheese like in Hindi, where. So it's it's funny in hindsight, but uh, I thought I had a real startup with Naram Cheese. It was not as Naram. (laughs) Yeah, it was a page with a bunch of uh, software, that's it. That was my startup. But at the same time, I started uh, reading Paul Graham essays as well. I think that was a true understanding of, uh, I mean, whatever understanding you can call when a person is 12 year old of what a startup could be. He writes beautifully on uh, what to, 
what to do when you want to do a startup why not to do a startup so he had all these angles which was slightly philosophical in the sense that why value creation is essentially only mostly happen through startups so i i got got hooked on to it i then read founders at work that was my first book uh on sort of startups uh, and it had interviews by paypal founders google yahoo and lots of them so that's when sort of i just again it might sound very uh, forced or sort of cliched but i knew i had to do a startup so that got me into this uh, sequence of just trying stuff putting them online and uh, seeing whether that works or not uh, and this continued when i went to uh, college so i graduated from delhi college of engineering and uh, uh, i i think i entered into college 2004 and that story is also funny when uh, i i had to choose my majors you know i chose biotechnology i got a good rank so i could have gotten computer science on it which my parents wanted me to get but i thought uh, i know everything that's there to know about computers so what what new can i learn and uh, so that was me being uh, overconfident and cocky <laughs> but i think that's that's the seed of entrepreneurship right if you know uh, all the ways you can fail you would never do anything so i i so i chose biotechnology because you know i didn't know anything about it so i was sort of like a just like there's a heat seeking missile i was this knowledge seeking missile so i consciously did things exposed myself to things which i had no idea about so within biotechnology as well uh, over the period of 4 years i think i was very conflicted between uh, doing well in academics or doing startups so uh, so you know i would i did my internships at indian institute of science and uh, jnu and a couple of other places uh, but at the same time i was also doing startups so i did three startups and again when i say startups they were startup projects that i was calling as startups but i was this i was very conflicted during my college days ki where does my future lie so sometimes i would swing towards a phd site that i wanted to do a phd because i was enjoying academics and sometimes i would swing towards making the next google or facebook so um so i think the sort of moment of choice came uh, when i had an internship offer from uh, this lab in cambridge called mrc mm-hmm. so mrc lab uh, is where uh, the structure of dna was discovered by watson and crick yeah. and it's the it's the only lab uh, with 11 nobel laureates the most nobel laureates in the world so it was i had pursued that for many many months uh, and i had fa- finally gotten a paid internship and that was also paid you know they were paying some 12 to 1300 pounds per month so for an unknown sort of a student in delhi getting an internship in cambridge uh, uh, with the most number of nobel laureates in the world that was sort of a dream, dream come true and that to a paid internship and a chance to visit uk <laughs> uh but i think that's these moments of choices where uh, your future is determined so at that point of time uh, for some irrational reason i don't i can't still reason why that i took that decision but i chose not to go there but rather Sounds to do a startup yeah, very irrational <laughs> <laughs> yeah in uh, uh, i still don't know why i did that but i thought you know i i should do a startup and at that point of time i i knew my whole future of a phd 
was for a toss because i had made that choice so yeah so that's that's the background sure. to where i come from yeah. uh, how, how did uh, wingify happen i remember reading an email from you i think uh, a week or 10 days ago where you talked about now you are 18 million dollar yeah. in annual revenue run rate uh, so how what's the zero to 18 million story i know it's a long uh, yeah answer potentially but uh, help me understand that journey through the milestones that that mattered the most sure so wingify happened uh, because my earlier startups didn't happen <laughs> i mean that's a very tautological reason uh, to it but very honestly it happened because i was doing a lot of startups and none of them were succeeding so before wingify uh, uh, about three or four startups failed so i was uh, in a very introspection mode so i was doing startups in music i was doing startups in uh, uh, advertising network i was doing something in uh, say job hunting and so on so there is variety of different ideas uh, i i was i had explored when i was in college and none of them worked out so with every failure i sort of uh, introspected why that was happening and uh, it became pretty clear that i was making stuff putting it online but uh, there was no marketing associated with it so it was very plain jane answer that nobody knew what what I, what i was doing and uh, so that led me to studying a lot of marketing concepts so i don't have a marketing background like i just said i was almost about to do a phd in bio <laughs> so without a marketing background but i started just learning about what google analytics is what is seo what is ppc adwords and so on and so forth so i i somehow just got very very fascinated with the marketing concept and like i said i think that's the history you know when i first got interested in computers then in bio and i i was getting interested in marketing and uh, and at the same time i knew i had to do a startup so i just thought let's do a startup in marketing so it was as broad as that so wingify was not an idea it was more of a uh, just like you said you know with factor daily you wanted to see and take publishing uh, uh industry forward without like you know knowing uh, where this thing is going so very similarly with marketing it's not like i was taking a shot and i was hit by an idea it was just let's do something so first uh, so i graduated in 2008 and i worked for a, another company for about a year so i just have uh, one year of work experience in that <laughs> sense Uh, but on my first day of the job i told uh, <coughs> my boss that i'll do a startup who are was, you okay with that who was that brave man <laughs> so it's uh, so it's it's a company called aspiring minds oh, yeah, uh, of course uh, varun agarwal yeah. i was working with him and uh, i was an r&d engineer there working on machine learning uh, concepts and uh, it was sort of a continuation of what i was doing in academics i had background in ai machine learning data analytics uh, so he was okay with that Uh, as long as i didn't impact my work there so i was doing this on weekends and after work uh, but the funny thing is that my house was about 45 kilometers from the office so i would get that's up yeah not funny that's what <laughs> so i was uh, in rohini while the office was in gurgaon so so needless to say it was a very intense year or year and a half and uh, so i would go there work there come back and it will be 8 or 9 then 9 to 12 and then i'll wake up at 6 so for uh, for about 8 or 9 months i just made this very broad platform that was called wingify 
and the idea was that uh, whatever I had learnt in marketing, let's just cram that in a platform and make it available. So I, was, I spent a lot of time coding alone this platform, and uh, I remember I also paid some designer in Pakistan fifty thousand rupees to develop a very beautiful web design, some illustrations. So I'd sort of packaging all this ki software hai, and you have website and you have a domain and so on and so forth and the whole package I finally launched after eight or nine months and it took so long because a, it had a ton of features I just thought more the barrier and the second uh, uh, so also because you know I was working part uh, part time on this so I launched it on Hacker News and uh, it bombed so it bombed spectacularly because uh, people had no clue what I had made and honestly I had no clue what I had made. Uh, I was sort of in this flow of coding, 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 and uh, making it uh, more and more complex and intricate without speaking to even a single soul about what I was making. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's so funny, you know. In retrospect, all this seems obvious. What should I have done? But when I was in the flow, I just thought that was the best thing. And I think it's also do and and I mean I'm just reflecting on uh, why I did that. I think it. I was also doing it because I loved coding, so that love has a. I mean, it has positives, that it gives you a lot of passion. You do something even if nobody's paying. Love is blind. But <laughs> yeah, love is blind. It's also <laughs> has a negative, right? Yeah. That it you don't seek what's uncomfortable for you, and what was uncomfortable for me was to speaking with people, and actually uh, going out asking whether anybody needs this or not. So I was still stuck in the mode of. Let me do what I love the most. How did you cross this barrier? <clears throat> so I launched on Hacker News, and that's when uh, people gave feedback, <clears throat> and very critical feedback, that uh, I have no understanding what you build. What do you even mean by X Y Z term? So, uh, so it was um, disheartening because it was my fourth time failure. But I I think what I liked more this time was there was this honest community. Of Hacker News, and they were giving very honest sort of feedback. In my earlier ventures, they failed because there was even no feedback. You know, there was just no traction at all. Sure. But here, at least I had traction. Uh, even if in the negative form, there were people who spent their time going through the website. There were people who also tried to use it, but uh, you know, there was they couldn't use it. So I had this communication channel open up with them now. Uh, because of this platform, and uh, that's when uh, I think people started. I mean, the theme of this being very complex started growing. So I thought we can simplify this, and that's when I chose one component out of that broad broad platform, A/B testing, and made uh, thought how do we how do I made A/B testing simple, and that was the genesis of uh, Visual Website Optimizer, our first and flagship product, and. Uh, Uh, even, even, I mean, this time with VW, I mean, with Wingify, I had taken eight months, paid designer fifty thousand rupees, and so on and so forth. But this time, I took a very different approach. Uh, I just begged, borrowed, stolen everything I could. So even if the name you see, Visual Website Optimizer, it's not the most original name you can have. So it was sort of Google Website Optimizer was a tool just popular. So I just said, this is like Google Website Optimizer, but visual. The logo was just written in Arial. The designs were sort of inspired by thirty-seven signals, and uh, so everything. And the the even the theme within the app was bought for five dollars with uh, uh, theme forest. 
so i just thought that i i i just couldn't let myself waste any more time doing all the fringe things logo and design and so on and so forth so i just uh, solved the core part of it which was ab testing and making it simple everything was sort of uh, hacked together so this time i took instead of 8 months 1 month launched it again on hacker news mm-hmm. and uh, it got picked off from there and uh, that was that put us into this positive cycle to where we are right now you started making money so i uh, beat after launching beta waited for about 5 uh, or 6 months before so this is in free beta for quite some time and i was still working at the job and i told them i want to leave but they wanted a replacement so i couldn't leave for a couple of months and my life was getting more and more difficult because i was getting so many support requests requests for demo and i was a single man army right doing from coding to <coughs> writing blog to giving demos and so on and so forth <clears throat> but i quit my job in uh, march 2010 mm-hmm. about 4 months after launching beta and uh, i quit my job because i was confident that people were spending time on the software and they were using it so when there were about i think 100 to 150 beta users i quit my job and uh, i was not making money this is not a free software and my my mother asked you know how are you going to make money and that kind of time i my aim was to make this 50000 rupees because that was the salary sort of i was getting so my logic was that if i get an equal amount of money through this i'm the happiest person on the earth that was the scope of my ambition back then so quit my job worked on it for two more months and in may 2010 launched the paid plan and that 50000 dollar uh, 50000 rupees sorry got in the first week itself so wow first month was four times that uh, at that point of time i think i knew i had hit something which i was not <laughs> prepared for which i had not planned for and it just kept on doubling every month from there on and when did this start becoming a company <laughs> yeah beyond you and you know <laughs> <laughs> i think it became a company first and then i realized it had become a company and uh, the reason for that i mean when i was doing this i started also talking to sparsh who's a business partner at wingify and he was in oxford university then he's comes from the same college delhi college engineering so i knew him from before and i started just bouncing off this to him showing him what i was doing and uh, when paid plans were launched you know and a lot of traction was happening he saw that too and he wanted to come back and he joined me sort of as a partner and cto in january 2011 so for about almost 9 10 months i was practically doing this alone uh, from my home so i would lock myself in my room uh, in the morning after breakfast and i would come out for lunch and then go back and then come out for dinner and then go back so if you call that company yes that was a company back then but i was making a lot of money sure. but i was honestly um, the money did not hit me because i was very for the first time i was talking to users i was enjoying this feedback cycle i think entrepreneurs thrive on feedback cycle be it positive or negative what really hits them is not getting any feedback at all so i was getting a ton of feedback uh, in terms of support requests demos and so on and so forth so it became the it became a real company when sparsh came and came back to india and uh, 
we hired our first employee so we were three people then and uh, in in an office which was smaller than this table that we're <laughs> sitting on right now is practically just three people sitting in an office i think that office was probably uh, 250 or 200 square meter it was just square feet sorry uh, very very small and uh, maybe even smaller than that and that's when uh, it became apparent that we had a company because we had now an employee to take care of to pay salary <laughs> to uh, and that was the first year also when we had to pay company taxes so it suddenly became real mm-hmm. yeah so couple of questions uh, so first is uh, what are the roots of uh, bootstrapping for you when it comes to i mean how i mean uh, was it a natural thing to not seek money because i would imagine given especially given the context we are living in today or few years ago you have a product that people are paying for i mean that's too good uh, you know uh, so so tell me a bit about that like why or why did you not get this you know funded from outside mm. uh, so i think in many contexts <coughs> funding is required even from the get go if you are um, i mean if you are making a factory you obviously require funding if you are if you have a oil discovery project where you have to employ and with no chances of success or failure you have to require funding <coughs> and i would presume even for uh, consumer products where it's 90 95% attribution to marketing and less to a product because it's a winner takes all sort of a market you have to be number one or it's a zero sort of a thing you also require funding but in the case of b2b saas i think it's a it's a long tail market and especially if you're doing b2b saas from india where uh, you're i mean if imagine if you're two founders uh, wanting to do a b2b saas you're probably living with your parents if you're very young and you have a digital ocean server or aws for less than 100 dollars so all you require is lots and lots of conversations with customers to figure out if there's a problem in this or not so if you're engineers which i was which parsh is and i'm also an engineer if you're an engineer you're in india your costs are uh, very low unlike in even in the valley where people generally don't live with their parents so i don't see on the start where would you need money because i don't think you can use money to discover a problem worth solving there is just so many companies who raise funding but their business model was not clear or they did not have a product market fit or they had not stumbled onto a real problem and no amount of money i think can solve I mean if this was the case companies would not be doing acquisitions right with google apple facebook having so much money they would simply have a team and say go figure out the next big thing but that's not how startups happen i think startups are a discovery problem uh, and uh, that discovery requires a combination of luck and persistence and money cannot buy either of them so in i mean that's a very long question <laughs> a long answer to your question but i do believe uh, b2b saas from india can be very effectively bootstrapped because you're charging in dollars and you have costs that are very very low so that creates this positive cycle you know positive uh, cash flow right from the beginning that can be used for funding and that's what happened for us you know we were we were just two or three people having uh, discovered a problem worth solving that people were paying for 
and uh, they were paying for in dollars like hundred dollars per month, two hundred dollars per month early on, and uh, our cost was practically nil. I mean, if you see fifty thousand rupees as a salary, which is thousand dollars or even lesser, you practically require ten customers to do that. And once you do that, you know it's a again a positive life cycle from there. But having said that, I don't think bootstrapping as a concept can be applied to everything. You can't bootstrap a SpaceX <laughs> or a Tesla, but in in the in the industries that uh, uh, that are related to B two B or SaaS or even a service industry, I I do think it can be very effectively bootstrapped. Forever. Uh, yeah, I mean Zoho is a big example <laughs> of uh, of that. I think as long as the founder, I think it's a less of a question of a. external funding more of a question of whether your growth can come from within so i do feel vc funding is one of the most expensive forms of funding because you're practically giving a part of your company so as long as you have a positive cash flow i mean i would only consider raising funding if uh, the internal bank balance goes to zero and even then i would sort of fund through myself before going out i think it's less of a question of again i mean i have nothing against uh, vcs i love them and uh, i have a lot of friends who are vcs but i think it's more of a question of alignment to your mission and alignment to the purpose of why you started the company uh, and also i mean that alignment naturally means control of the destiny so control to me is much more important than uh, funding per se and uh, if you are in a position of uh, dictating the terms you know there's lots of companies who've done that where uh, say when google listed they kept the two class shares right they kept all the control with themselves i think that's a good way to sort of pursue your mission and being passionate about it while ensuring that other people also become part of your journey financially so <clears throat> now one of the things i want to understand from your journey is one sure a lot of things have worked out for you were there things that didn't work out were there moments when you felt like okay this is not going anywhere i want to do something else hmm i think uh, every entrepreneur has those moments uh ha even for me uh, i think it's not i mean i've never doubted that i don't want to do wingifer uh i'll give you a bit of context uh i think for us things were slightly different from many other startups so i have also written a post on uh, this new publication that we started wingifer on growth which i felt our problem was complacency where uh, we were very happy making this initial success and uh, we were very happy uh, uh this growing and getting cash flow positive and uh, making money and uh, and we were growing at a healthy rate we we've been doubling uh, uh, initial years and double digit growth for a, even to this date and uh, but but i think that made us complacent because our industry and our competitors were growing even faster so i think that was one of the uh, uh, negatives of just being bootstrapped because you are not answerable to an external agent so you could get complacent after an initial success so i think this happened in phases you know the first phase was where you're growing as a company you're finding your own feet 
and you're also growing as a leader and entrepreneur nobody tells you that how to run a company i think there's no course on becoming a ceo so is this so much of figuring out on the ground uh but you go over that and but when you reflect you know you see the world around you changing even faster so i think that's where uh, some sense of uh, and it's natural some sense of regret comes he could i have done things differently uh and so this is many lessons that i would go back and tell sure. myself but i think in the context that i was say being a 25 26 year old doing this for the first time having no mentor so i am not so hard on myself that i should have known that <laughs> yeah but i at no point of time i thought that uh, i should be doing anything else but this of course i wished that there were so many things i would have done differently but i didn't think that i need to do i need to give this up and i i just don't know what else would i do to be very honest you know <laughs> you just feel whatever else i could be doing i could be doing within wingify is a practically self owned company right so why do i need to be somewhere else and do something else when this is the experiment ground that i have with so many brilliant people and a successful product yeah so uh you know i have met you a few times over the past few years and at one point in time i also felt the same that uh, are you kind of not frog in the well in the negative sense but in the sense of this whole feedback or pressure and all that i i just want to get a little more insights from you on how did you come out of it uh the, the so called complacency right yeah. uh, when you looked around uh, or people from outside would look at wingify and say yeah they're surely doing good uh, nice bootstrapped venture but is it uh, among the top in the world yeah. in in, in, in not necessarily in terms of growth but yeah. everything yeah how are you dealing with that problem and how did you deal with that yeah what can people do especially if you are bootstrapped for the reasons that you mentioned i think i'm doing that by being uh, persistently dissatisfied <laughs> so i think one of the side effects and negative effects of uh, say awards that we've gotten or the recognition we've gotten or even the fact that you've flown in to talk to me is that I've you know i've taken the train <laughs> <laughs> you've taken the train and spent uh, a day to meet with me is that uh, it it starts giving you a feel that you've done it uh, but i i think it's just the beginning uh, and i see when i say beginning not just for wingify i see it for the entire indian ecosystem so we i mean there there's a few companies in india who are doing it really well but if you compare it to what's happening in silicon valley i think we're very far behind uh, and it's not because of uh, we lack talent or we lack skill we have that but uh, in terms of experience and in terms of that community where one person teaches another i mean you go to san francisco and you'll have uh, 100 conferences happening on ai and machine learning in this week itself you know in a meetup so that has a very natural outcome of people changing very fast moving so fast and here in india i think uh, if that obviously is not happening as fast as the other places so so that way i keep myself grounded that uh, i think it's it's a, just the beginning and we've not we've not sort of achieved what we want to achieve and i think this change also happened i went to uh i went to silicon valley and san francisco a couple of times 
and i realized that uh, while we were doing well in india but on a global platform there is many places we could improve and that frankly keeps uh, me very very excited i mean there is a chance you know i was also considering whether i should move to us and set up an office there and hire a team there uh but i think what attracted me is the challenge that we have here so frankly i'm more excited about the challenge that how do you create a world class company right here from india with indians versus just moving the base there and being uh, one of the thousands that are doing it so doing it well is exciting but doing it well within challenging conditions is even more exciting <laughs> so call, yeah call me uh, uh, you know massachusetts but i like to do this uh, uh, with so i i really like to be the one who would just stick to the conditions and try to just improve the entire thing versus just moving where everybody's moving mm. that's why i call you an outlier <laughs> a uh, final uh, two questions or <clears throat> uh, you know things i i believe we should learn more about uh, so even when i met shridhar uh, vembu of zoho we were discussing this whole thing about getting inspired from silicon valley companies versus there are other countries uh, and economies like japan and uh, shridhar mentioned that uh, there is this this mad race to keep getting inspired from valley uh, is dangerous because uh, both from socio cultural point of view india is a different place altogether so our dna is different and according to him we should be looking at the companies that are from japan you know honda and, and so on uh, what do you think when when you were drawing inspiration uh, you know what who do you, what do you really look up to uh i think i totally agree uh so one of the things that i talk to people when they join wingify in the induction session i give the example of japan where uh, made in japan was a derogatory term before world war 2 after world war 2 the company uh, the country was you know ravished there's two nuclear bombs and so on and so forth but a handful of companies practically changed the perception of japan uh, sony honda toyota and so on and so forth uh, and that's i mean that's a huge inspiration and so is south korea with the lg and samsung have transformed the country altogether but having said that uh, i mean if you see many of the products we use today even the phone you're using apple it's silicon valley design uh, google silicon valley facebook silicon valley so from an outcome perspective i think i admire the innovation that happens there and from the process perspective i i agree it's a very different cultural context that uh, india lives in and but but people desire outcomes right we we can't build a subpar product and say because the cultural context accepts good enough products will be okay with that so it's a challenge i don't know the answer and that's what uh, i think wingify <laughs> sort of mission is that how do we create a world class irrespective of you know where where it's used and so we don't obviously want to mimic silicon valley uh, but we we want to admire the conditions that are there that enable such rapid innovation to happen and i think i also acknowledge that there is this uh, in a small community there is this positive feedback cycles that get started which are very hard to stop 
so it's also not catching up to silicon valley i think that's totally uh, a wrong way to look at things but it's creating something new entirely within indian context that has an outcome you know as good if not better than the other top clusters uh, across the world what is the uh, end game pass or is there one at all <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, for life philosophically <laughs> <laughs> uh, from as an entrepreneur uh, for you uh, like this is a very open question and uh, the context is different uh, and everything but if you know i'm still asking you this question what as an entrepreneur uh, do you think about an end game is there an end game at all what would it be would you for example uh, if if an offer comes would you think selling uh, wingify all of these mm. uh so honestly i don't think there is any end game I and mean, i do want to continue working uh as long as possible you know as long as my brain and memory allows me to do so i have not thought about any end game at all I mean, the fun is in uh, trying to change things right <coughs> i mean i i don't know you again like i said you know call me a uh, uh, self harming person or so on so forth i don't want to take the easy route it it's it just attracts me to uh, and it's also a bit irrational thought that i want to create something really beautiful uh, while being bootstrapped as long as possible and from within india and uh, with uh, mostly uh, you know indian leaders if that's a possibility i know it these these all conditions might not be possible all the time but i do feel some company has to stick through the entire thing to kick start the ecosystem right so in in fact i get happier when people from wingify go and start their own companies because i feel that we've done something that inspires them and now they'll do something that inspires them and i do feel this is necessary for a country of a billion people to compete globally to win more nobel prizes to win more gold medals to win more pulitzer prizes uh so competing on a global platform and to have the respect that a billion people deserve i think they would it would need a certain sort of a company to just stick through it for a long way i mean apple didn't get created in 8 years with an exit it's it took 40 years to become world's number one company so that's where the inspiration comes so sticking through it for a very very long time and just trying to make things better and finally uh, what does wealth mean to you or how do you create wealth uh, i think personally it would be a different answer because it will be based on your own personal uh, you know convictions but how do you create wealth for for your team for people who come and work with you how does that work in an environment that you are building your company hmm So I think wealth comes in multiple different ways, and in fact, wealth is what people define it to be. I mean, literally, wealth means what you aspire. And uh, uh, so, for the team, and uh, even for myself, I think it's a combination of things. So, for many of the people who come here and work, uh, there's obviously a financial aspect where uh, you pay people, uh, you know, what they really deserve. So we've never gone out and said, you know, you take a lesser salary because we bootstrapped. I mean, I think that's very unfair thing your your team shouldn't care whether you've raised funding or bootstrap they deserve what they deserve but at the same time i think wealth is also getting exposed to this idea that you have to beat 
other companies on a global stage so when our team goes to conferences and we have customers who come and say we love your products i think that's an exposure you cannot just buy even if you had a lot of money right so people who come and work here and uh, not just in conferences but similarly when you give this hope and aspiration to people that they can be world's number one in their profession so be it product management engineering product marketing and so on and so forth i think that's wealth so many of our engineers have uh, uh say github projects that have thousands of stars or the new products we launch they become uh, number one on product hunt so this is some of the stuff that you cannot buy your way into when you're doing a career so i feel that's a bigger wealth for people here that uh, this this hope that they can compete and beat other people globally and not just you know in india or delhi or rohini vera offices so i i have i would say biggest wealth that uh, wingify gives to its people is the aspiration and not just aspiration but aspiration with definitive examples that this can be done and that people have done it thanks baras it it's really inspiring listening to you <laughs> and uh, i got speed with everything that you are doing and and i agree with you i think there's a bunch of companies that need to stick through uh, this kind of journey to build a kind of an institution you know and not just a company which is built to sell or something yeah. like that yeah so got speed and all the best <laughs> thank you pankaj and thanks again yeah. for coming thanks. to the office thanks baras